This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He jumps it himself. Look at him back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankle. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points, Blue Wire, and our friends at Bet Online. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and with me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. Uh, we're back again here uh, through another stroll through our 2020 NFL season previews, and we're going division by division, uh, talking about the ceiling and the floor for all these teams, picking our division MVP, picking our breakout player, and uh, we've already halfway through or more, I guess, now uh, in the mm-hmm. NFL, all these divisions, Dylan. And we turn our attention to the NFC North, which uh, is sure to provide uh, plenty of entertainment. Uh, may not always be the prettiest entertainment, but uh, I think we will be entertained by the NFC North this year. Um, and, you know, we, we, we've we had our conversation with some of these other divisions saying, you know, top to bottom, if you look at the strength of the division, where does it compare with others? Uh, you know, is it near the top in the NFL, near the bottom? This is one of those where, I'm going to be honest, like I think you put this one in that category of I have no idea because I honestly can't tell you that I feel confident about what to expect from any of these four teams this season. <laughs> um, and so that presents some issues, but at the same time, uh, it also presents, you know, some, some intrigue in terms of maybe where things go with the NFC North. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle, maybe. It's definitely not one of the best divisions or the deepest overall. But at the same time, all right, yeah, if everything hits right, you could have three playoff teams, and the, even the Lions can – you can make an argument if their defense is able to pick it up and Stafford stays healthy. They'd have a shot even at making the playoffs. I don't know about the Bears still right now, but, I mean – yeah, there's no, like, really bad team, in my opinion. Maybe, I mean, you, some people might disagree on the Lions. Maybe I'm yeah. just still holding on hope to those first few weeks from last season and some of the other things we've seen from them. But overall, I just, yeah, it's a, it's uh, at least there's not, like, a one, definite number one team here. I think even though the Packers easily won the division last year, the Vikings still have a case, and, and a lot of people are probably going to pick them to win this division over Green Bay based on some regression there and just overall the Vikings keeping the – uh, the course here, uh, obviously you lose Stefan Diggs, but yeah, exciting. Uh, there's not as many maybe like huge breakout uh, picks when we get to that section here that we were really considering compared to some of the other divisions where we had a few more guys to choose from. But yeah, I think overall still obviously one of the always an exciting division with a lot of really old historic rivalries across the board. And yeah, yeah 
still some optimism, I think, even for the Bears and Lions to possibly break into that, you know, getting one of those playoff seeds, but still a lot of uh, issues that we'll uh, t- talk about right now. <laughs> yeah, speaking of issues, let's start with the Lions, uh, because uh, they were a team that that had some of those last season, and uh, I think it's going to make it interesting to kind of look ahead to this season and wonder how much of a step, you know, did they take forward this year? Because they did only win three games mm-hmm. last year, but but like we talked about, they only won three games, but they felt like a team that was better than that. Uh, but when you lose your last nine games of the season, I guess it's hard to argue with the fact that you're not a great team. Um, no matter, you know, the injury situation, all that, we know how that unfolded with Matthew Stafford. But at the same time, I mean, we we kind of talked about this and before we started recording, but it's like, you know, the Matt Patricia thing to me is the biggest element here because we've, you know, the Darius Slay situation, um, you know, mm-hmm. all those different things. There have clearly been some players that are not happy with their head coach. And, and you know, I don't know that it's everyone. Um, I don't know. You know, there, there's no way to tell. But I do wonder, even with the talent they have on the roster, they've added some new additions on defense. Um, if Stafford's healthy, we know how good he can be. Uh, they've got 18 running backs in the backfield there. I don't know which one of them starts, but uh, they've got enough mm-hmm. to choose from. Um, you got a breakout wide receiver in Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. I mean, he had some big games. So, like, there's some interesting pieces on this roster. But I think when you look at it, it's like, do you think they're better mm-hmm. than the Bears? Do you think they're better than the Vikings? <laughs> do you think they're better than the Packers? And probably you would say no to all three of those right now. So I guess in that regard, how much can they really move forward if we make that argument? Yeah, their defense would have to bounce back quite a bit to surpass the Bears. I mean, Chicago's defense took a step back, but still ranked eighth in DVOA. The Lions all the way down towards the end of the list. They're 28th, 29th of their past defense. That's not going to get it done. Uh, Obviously, they had to draft Jeff Okuda and, whether he can quickly become a number one corner is going to play a huge role in how far they go, I think. Um, but uh, just in terms of the offense, yeah, I mean, uh, coaching staff wise, yeah, Patricia, we've we've gone over this quite a bit that we're not <laughs> very much not believers in <laughs> him and what he's been able to do so far. And you look at uh, before and after, uh, you know, he got there and just like, they've only regressed. It seems like when they've had, they do have a lot of talented players and. I mean, one of the more shocking things about their offense, obviously, once Stafford went down, they, they were able to make it kind of work for a little bit with David Blau somehow, and I think that's a credit to Daryl yeah. Bevel, and I think he did, that was one of the bright spots last year. Their passing game, when Stafford in there, was in there, was top 10 DVOA-wise, and I do think if Stafford stays healthy and with Bevel and some of the talent they have there, they have a shot to be pretty decent, but still kind of scary looking back despite, uh, you know, when they, they lose Stafford and in their running game, Despite finishing with a, uh, their offensive line finished 11th uh, in PFF standards as the 11th best offensive line in, in the NFL, they were still 27th in run offense DVOA. That does not, and you think about the talent they've had at running back, and it's it's kind of surprising. I know they had some injuries and different things, and then now they obviously add DeAndre Swift to the equation there. But if with an offensive line that's still maybe it's progressed a tad, but still middle of the pack, you should be able to run the ball better with these guys. I do think their offense, if that's the case, if they're able to improve there with Swift coming in and Carry on staying completely healthy and yeah. Stafford staying on the field. You could make an argument this offense has enough to be obviously better, I'd, I'd hope, than the Bears. That's not really saying a ton, but at least in that conversation with, you know, flirting with the top 10 of the offenses in the NFL. So you have that optimism, but you're right. Like, do you trust Patricia? We, the defense, <laughs> you add a kuda, but there's still a lot of question marks. I'm not positive that the defense is where it really needs to be yet. 
uh, Jamie Collins coming in, and I don't, I don't know, man. It's just I look at it and it's like it's just underwhelming. Yeah. And uh, maybe even if they do score a lot of points, I don't. In terms of our, our floor and ceilings, like I'll, I'll put the floor pretty low at like four wins. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not going to put the ceiling higher than eight. And it's like I know that's an absolute ceiling. Like maybe you could argue if the offense really was really good, they'd have a chance of win- having a winning record and getting the playoffs. I just, I'm still not convinced, even if the offense is uh, going to have a really good season, that the defense has enough to make them a playoff team. I was going to say four to seven because I, I look at their mm-hmm. schedule here and, like, it's not easy. Um, nope. You know, mm-hmm. even for a team that finished last in their division only won three games, like, it's not an easy schedule. I'm looking down, like, you know, start off with the Bears and the Packers. You got to go to Arizona, who we've said we think is going to be much improved. You got to play mm-hmm. the Saints. You still got to go play at Jacksonville, which the Jags shouldn't be a great team. But then you turn around and have to go to the Falcons. I mean, there's not a lot of easy games on here. You got to play the Bucks, of course. You get the the Packers and the Vikings twice. Um, you know, play Washington at home, but it's it's not an easy schedule, especially if things start to you know go south for them. I, I don't really see many spots where they're going to be able to make up that ground. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a little little worrisome maybe with the Lions. So I, I'll go four to seven. What I found interesting here, though, and I didn't realize this. I, I don't know if it's the only team in the NFL that had this, but did you realize that their entire preseason schedule, which, of course, is canceled, was against yeah. AFC East teams? Like they would play every team in the AFC East in their preseason what? schedule. I don't know that I've ever seen no, that. No idea. Yeah, no idea that was the case. That's very <laughs> random. But now yeah. we don't even get to see it. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, I I don't know. Like, that just, of course, the, those weird things like that fascinate me. But um, maybe someone else did that, too. But I'm looking at it here uh, on FBS uh, schedules, and I'm like, yep, at Patriots, Jets, at Dolphins, Bills. That's uh, that's not something you see every year. So uh, Matt Patricia knows that uh, division well. Unfortunately, he doesn't get to play any of those teams in the regular season because that may help him uh, with some yes. win counts. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately for the Lions, not the case. Uh, we move now to the Bears, uh, another team that uh, has had its own fair share of frustrations, and uh, they managed to get to, uh, you know, 500 last year. They were 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, they were a team that I have no idea every single week what we were going to get from the Bears, and of course the reason for that is uh, we didn't have any idea what we were going to get from the quarterback position, and uh, well, here we are again. <laughs> it is uh, deja vu because... We're back in that same scenario. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, probably, I don't know. Like, or is it Nick Foles? Who, who has any idea? Um, no matter what, I think there are going to be question marks at the quarterback position. Beyond that, I think there are question marks in a lot of other places on offense uh, in terms of uh, what they're going to be able to do. Allen Robinson, uh, man, just can, like, can we get Allen Robinson? Can we get him, like, on the, <laughs> I don't know, like the Chiefs or the Cowboys, um, yeah. Cowboys or – I, I don't know, man. I just I feel like he's one of those guys that we're going to look back on and say we had no idea how good he could be because he just has played an offense that has been underwhelming. Uh, the defense, like you said a lot last year, Dylan, it was one that took a step back, and they can't really afford to take a step back because they have to be sort of the cornerstone of this team if they're going to be successful. Um, so I, you know, obviously more unknowns with the Lions and the Bears, but, uh, as you can probably tell, I'm still not completely sold uh, on what we're going to see from the Bears this season. Yeah, they, for me, have, like you said, they are unpredictable, but at the same time, I kind of feel like it's a little more predictable in terms of where their final record will be. I don't think they're bad enough to lose more than, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, so. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't think they're bad enough to lose more than, like, maybe max 10 games. I, I I would like to put the floor at seven, but I think I'll put it at six just because, 
you know, we're, we're saying the absolute floor. So we'll go with six wins. I think they still have enough talent on defense. Even though they regressed, they're still a top ten unit last year. Um, but I just – I don't think they're bad enough to go further down than that. But then win-wise, I, I really have a hard time unless Foles just is suddenly, you know, back, he's back with Matt Nagy and they're able to just kind of recollect some of the things he did back in Kansas City before he went to the Eagles. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I – their offense is still – it's not the same compar- comparable to the Rams in terms of the offensive line regressing from one year to the next and their and their offense regressing. Obviously, their offense for the Rams in 2018 was much better than Chicago's, but their offensive line went from a top-10 unit to 25th in PFF's rankings last season, which with for a guy like Trubisky, we talk about on the Rams side of this with Goff and how he needs things to be all in order around him to make it work. I could argue even more so for Mitch, so <laughs> – yeah, the offensive line, it might be a little better than that this year, but I, I just don't see the outside of, you know, receiving corpse-wise, like outside of Allen Robinson, obviously, as you mentioned, like full-blown star and just the things he's able to do with the quarterbacks he's played with is pretty incredible. But just the, just the totality of this offensive line, I mean, David Montgomery didn't necessarily live up to expectations in year one. He still could break out this year potentially. I, I still think he's a solid player, and obviously Tariq Cohen's a great weapon. So they have some things happening. It's just like, like as long as we're again, like I just don't trust Trubisky at this point. He might be the starter off the bat. I don't trust the, the people around him necessarily. I think their offense is. There's no way for me it's going to jump up into the top half of the league. Yeah. Like after finishing last year, 25th in DVOA, uh, 29th in running the ball DVOA, which is just you're not going to get the job done with Trubisky and uh, and or Foles really. I don't think at this point if you can't run the ball, and and, and even any hope of Foles recollecting some of his past glories. I mean, we saw what happened in Jacksonville. Do we, maybe it's a little better situation, a little better offensive coaching staff, and Matt Nagy would love to get back to what they were able to do in 2018 with the offense, which, but it still wasn't like a, a, a high-powered unit by any means. <laughs> so I'll put, the, I'll put the ceiling at nine, so six to nine wins there. Um, I, get, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I, ten wins, I suppose, could be possible. The schedule, <laughs> at least based on past, last year's record, is a little easier than the Lions because – they get to play the Lions twice, yeah. which is a big reason for that. But I don't know. I, I just don't see you – know, like they, they could make the playoffs, but they're not really a threat more than being one of those last couple wild card spots and probably an easy out in round one. Seven to nine, man. That's – I'm not going yeah. – like I'm not going any – maybe I should even say six. But I, I tend to think that their defense will be good enough to, to help them get yeah. to seven. Uh, but so I, again, that's that's probably not good for Bears fans because like you're an average team in that seven to nine range. Nine maybe gets you in the playoffs. I don't know, but I even if they got there, like I I just don't really anticipate looking at this team and saying, hey, I think that team can win multiple playoff games and you know make a run. I just I don't see it with the way that that they're built right now. Um, so we'll go seven to nine there with the Bears. But uh, if you want to watch the Bears play, you can watch any NFL team play. Uh, the good news is that Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL, and that means NFLSundayTicket.tv, where you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels are included in that as well, so you never have to miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, to get that 15% off. 
And uh, if you haven't heard of our friends uh, over at DealDash.com, which you should if you've listened to our podcast because we've talked about them a lot, it is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every single day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and you guys know what's coming next. Yes, even cars. Here's how it works. It's just like an auction, but every single item starts at $0. It only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts that they already offer. All you got to do, go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ETP or DealDash.fm slash ETP. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash ETP. All right, Dylan, now we move to um, our friends in Minnesota. As uh, we look at the Vikings, uh, they don't have Stefan Diggs anymore at this point, uh, but they do still have Adam Thielen. They've still got Kirk Cousins. Um, they've got Dalvin Cook. The offense should still be one that's very intriguing. Of course, Justin Jefferson joins the mix uh, as well. And, you know, I, you look around and, we feel like their defense is going to be good. Like, I don't really think there's a ton of questions um, maybe about their defense necessarily. Um, they've added some some good pieces as well. Jeff Gladney joins the mix um, mm-hmm. as someone, you know, who comes in, and, and they feel like probably going to be able to contribute right away would be the expectation based on where they drafted him. Um, but, I mean, this this is one of those teams where it's, you know, you look at them and, and you see a lot of potential positive things. Um, do I necessarily look at them as, as a Super Bowl type team right now? Maybe mm-hmm. not, but I still feel like their floor should be one that's close enough to get them mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Now, I, again, the number we don't know what that number is going to be because you do have that added playoff spot this year. But I, I mean, I just I tend to think that this team is good enough to make the playoffs. But I think a lot of people are going to look around. They're going to talk about the Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, with him leaving and, and what does that mean necessarily for the offense? Because it does change some things. Uh, but at the same time, I think they, they've still got some good weapons. And, of course, we know if they start losing games, no matter what the problem is, all the attention is going to turn to Kirk Cousins, um, and everybody's going to blame him probably no matter what. Yeah, and we've as we've talked about, and I know they, they try to address it with the Ezra Cleveland pick, but their offensive line really is – been underwhelming and it's been the, the one thing that's kind of really in my opinion held this team back because they still despite their offensive line finishing I believe 22nd last year among PFF's rankings um, they I mean they still finished as a top 10 DVOA team on offense they're one of only four teams in the NFL last year were top 10 in, on defense and offense in DVOA or sorry top 11 yeah uh, if we want to include the Patriots in New Orleans they both uh, barely got in an 11th on the, uh, one of the units the other team San Francisco and then Minnesota so they're I mean they're uh, at least overall roster wise like one of the more complete teams but yeah I would also argue I wouldn't put them in that Super Bowl contender part because the defense it stayed really consistent and really good finishing seventh last year and uh, I, there's no reason to think they're going to take a step back. Uh, we'll see how Jeff Gladney, as you mentioned, uh, fills in immediately. See if Cameron Dantzler makes an immediate impact as well, possibly a little bit. So they, they I mean, just overall though, the, the continuity along their, uh, their front seven and obviously in the secondary with two probably you could argue maybe the best safety tandem, but at least one of the better safety tandems in the NFL and Harrison. Smith and Anthony Harris, I 
Uh, yeah, the defense is there, but the offense in, is also good. It's going to be interesting to see how Justin Jefferson fills in for Stefan Diggs. It's not an easy role, clearly, yeah. to step into, and I think that will go a long way with how their offense goes. But, yeah, their floor, I, I'd probably put it at nine wins. I, I think they're just too good to fall below that. I think that they might have finished nine and seven in 2018 when they missed the playoffs. So probably been, I think they were the last team out that year, so they would make it in the new uh, setting. And this year, I, I mean, right now I – and we'll get to the Packers in a second. I'd, I'd still say they're right maybe on par with Green Bay, if not fairly above them in my mind, where I might pick yeah. them as a division winner. But when I look at them compared, and despite being, as we talked about all this, they're such a total team, they're just not great necessarily at anything. Like, they're really good. Yeah. But is that enough to take you to the Super Bowl? I guess if you get hot at the right time, uh, that's one part of it. And I, I think just, again, the offensive line would really have to take a big step forward for me to think of them as a Super Bowl team. Um, I, I think that is the one thing kind of holding me back. I think the defense is good enough and the passing game and everything else has been good enough if their offensive line can just take a step forward. That would be possibly the difference that makes them an elite offense and makes them a, a Super Bowl contender. But right now, I'll put the ceiling at 12 wins because I, I still think they're really good and they can get that done. But when it comes push comes to shove, I know they've managed to beat the Saints a couple times in the playoffs, but I'm still <laughs> – if I'm if I'm betting on that game again, I'm going to take New Orleans. I just think they're a more complete team. I think San Francisco is, and I just think overall, yeah, maybe maybe Detroit. I'm sorry, maybe Minnesota is in that conversation, right behind those teams uh, with Tampa Bay, possibly with what we expect from them, and we'll get to them next week. But I, I mean, they're they're really good. I'm not trying to discount what Minnesota has, but I agree. I just don't quite think of them as a Super Bowl team. I think of them as a divisional round kind of. That's where I expect them to get to again. Yeah, their schedule's not easy either. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. they play, of course, uh, they'll play at Green Bay, at Chicago, uh, the divisional games at Detroit. Um, and the problem is that they have to go to Seattle, they have to go to Tampa Bay, they have to go to New Orleans. Um, so that schedule's not easy. So I think for that reason, I would maybe even put it at eight is my floor. But I think that's, uh, I don't know, I, I think that's probably worst case scenario for this team. I don't see them winning any less than that. Um, but I'm like you, like I would probably go up to 11 maybe for them. Um, you know, I could maybe even see them getting a 12, but it's like, even if they got there, I would probably still have that in the back of my mind saying, all right, they won 11 or 12 regular season games, but I still don't know that they're better than the saints or, you know, some of these other teams that that we're going to talk about. Um, you mentioned the 49ers, the bucks, like we, you know, we hadn't got to them yet, but like the Seahawks, there are so many other teams that, yeah, you know, yeah, just I don't know. Like, I think that that there's, I don't know, there's just something still. I think with with the Vikings that um, you you want to be able to see them yeah. maybe do those things to, to to say that okay, I think they're better than than Seattle or, or New Orleans or Tampa Bay or, or all these other teams. So, if they were in the AFC, would you think they're the third best team in that conference? See, right that's now, that's true. Boston like, I, yeah, I mean, I, you could probably make the argument with their defense that. I think you could probably say that uh, because that's the thing mm-hmm. is right. Because if you're going to beat the chiefs, um, you know, or the Ravens, or you want to have a defense like the Vikings have. So, I mean, that would be a, a positive, but that that's an interesting question because I just think it's like, you know, you just, it just shows how strong yeah. the conference is. I mean, if... and, and they're, I mean, quite frankly, we just talked about like they're, they're going to play four of the best teams in the NFC. Quite frankly, let's just say this could be the four best teams period in the, in the yep. NFC. Uh, they're all going to play all. They're going to play all four of those on the road, and then they got to play the Cowboys at home. So we, I mean, we, if you listen to previous episodes, you know we're both high on the Cowboys. So it's just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, they still got to play the Titans too. I, I'm trying not to 
disrespect my Titans, but um, that won't be an easy <laughs> game either. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not an easy schedule. So I think that's something uh, to keep in mind there uh, with them. But, all right, that brings us to the Packers. And uh, I think, <laughs> you know, but two letters for the Packers is really all I need to talk about. Uh, WR, wide receiver, is probably the – so the two that have been talked about the most this offseason, in addition to, to QB, uh, I think those are the those are the ones that they get getting the attention. They're going to get the attention all season because, um, you know, you look at it and I know it's everyone like we. This is one of those off seasons where because of everything that's been going on, we've had a lot of time on our hands to talk about this whole Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love dynamic. But the fact is, Aaron Rodgers is starting quarterback, and he's in the roster. If he's on the roster this year, he's going to be playing. Um, and so things could change in the years to come, but I think right now Aaron Rodgers is the man, uh, and I don't expect that to change. So mm-hmm. that brings us to, you know, does he have enough around him for them to get back to where they're a win away from getting to a Super Bowl? I don't know. I honestly don't don't think I'm as confident in that um, because mm-hmm. of I just don't know that they made those necessary changes that they needed to this past this past off season, and I say that. But knowing that I'm about to, when we get to our breakout players, I'm going to pick one of their players because, like, it's almost like, okay, if they're going to be good, like, they have to have some of these guys break out. Um, So, man, this is a tough one for me because I can't say that I am fully confident that this team is is good enough. Like you said, like, you could even Mm -hmm. maybe make the case for the Vikings right now as the best team in this division. And I don't think I would argue a ton with that. But at the same time, as long as Rodgers is on the field, I feel like he's going to find ways to make it work, even with what they have around him, even if it's not the best group he's had in terms of talent from top to bottom. And, you know, they've got some good pieces on defense. So the Packers are one of those tough teams for me to try to figure out right now. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, they're still still Aaron Rodgers. They still have a lot of good players. But, yeah, 13-3. and Even and I know it kind of became a rallying cry for Packer fans by the end of the year that a lot of people didn't believe in them and were disrespecting them. But the matter of the fact is, in the regular season, they were eight and one in one score games. You add the Seahawks winning the playoffs, nine and one in one score games. That's likely to regress. It's just what historically, again, the only team that defies us is the Chargers because they always lose one score games. But everyone else <laughs> regresses back to the mean in terms of this. Uh, it's not you know there, you can argue there's a clutch factor and there's a certain maybe part of that with Aaron Rodgers and this team. But I, yeah, I, I, you know, they're still really, I kind of think of them similar to the Vikings. Obviously the defense started out pretty hot and then by the end of the year, it was more middle of the pack. Um, the offense still finished eighth in DVOA and the fourth best running offense with, with you think when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, if you have the fourth best rushing offense, you're probably going to have, you should have a top five uh, overall passing game, but or, uh, offense, but they, yeah, it just wasn't quite all there. And you can, blame it on some things where Rodgers not maybe consistently isn't the guy he used to be. It's hard to ask that, you know, we're six years since his last MVP season. He's still the Hall of Famer. He's still amazing. But yeah. uh, expecting him to be at that level is probably not fair. And then you coincide that with, yeah, the lack of receiving weapons outside Devontae Adams. Lazard has looked really good at different times. Kumaro as well and some of these other guys. But it's just total, like you look at some of the best Packer offenses we can remember and there's they had so many receiving weapons at so many different uh, spots that it's just one to four, like it was ridiculous the depth they had. It's just not there. Uh, their offensive line still really elite. Finished top five in uh, uh, the PFS rankings last year. Projected to be a top five one uh, offensive line again. Great run blocking, great pass blocking, everything. 
you could ask for from them. So I think the offense, I, I still think it's going to be, I haven't decided who I'm going to pick between the two teams. I, I know I mentioned <laughs> like maybe I'm sliding on the Vikings, but I, you know, you just believe that with this running game being where it is and Aaron Rodgers being who he is, they'll still be able to figure it out and still should have a really good offense. I'm just a little concerned about the defense. I don't know if they, you know, even though last year they ended up progressing a little bit, but they, they were also like pretty healthy at <laughs> pretty key positions. Yeah. Uh, I do like the addition of Adrian Amos and seeing how he fills it, uh, you know, again, be back and how he's going to continue to help that secondary. And the secondary was at, at times one of the stronger parts of that defense. And you could, that is the one thing that really did help them quite a bit, but overall, you know, I don't know. They're just, they're still not that top kind of unit. So maybe the offense is better in Minnesota's, but the defense is worse. And it's kind of the same range for me. I'm maybe I'll, I'll put nine. I just, I, I don't think they're going to fall below nine wins. I know, they, a couple of years ago, that's exactly what happened. But I'll, I'll put this the floor at nine and the ceiling again, same as the Vikings at twelve. I, they're kind of in that same range where they're good. I think they're too good to not be at least should get into the playoffs. And you know maybe if there's we, we talk about the number of really good teams in the NFC. If they if they lose a couple of those close games and it, it goes a little bit down and maybe not. But yeah, it's, there's no. It seems like every other division we have one team where we're like oh yeah they're for sure a playoff right. team and you'd like to think that's the case for the Vikings and Packers but there's just in the back of your mind you mentioned the Vikings schedule and then just some of the, the underlying things with Green Bay and it's like you know it's we're only two years removed from Green Bay missing the postseason and having a really underwhelming year and uh, you know without the receiving corps uh, being interest and uh, yeah I don't think Aaron Rodgers play as we, we've talked about previously I don't believe it's going to be affected by the you know, as maybe discontent with the Jordan Love draft pick yeah. but I suppose you could argue that would possibly play a role so i don't know it's it's just uncertainty this division as you say that's kind of the theme here just a lot of uncertainty overall yeah i, I think i'm gonna go nine to twelve um i just yeah i don't know like you said like even that like i went with the vikings i said maybe eight like i i don't think i want to go eight with the packers so maybe that tells you that i'm i'm leaning more towards the packers and the vikings but I don't know that's out of the question either. So I think that they have a bit of that wide range too. I don't think they're getting to 13 or 14 or something like that. So, um, you know, if Packer fans felt disrespected last year. They're going to be disrespected by that because I, I just – I don't know. Like like you said, I, I don't know they did enough this offseason to, to maybe make me confident enough in them to, to get back to that to that type of point. But um, I'll mm-hmm. say 9 to 12. And, uh, yeah, I guess it just depends on <laughs> – is that going to be good enough for them to, to be better than these other teams? Well, we'll see when we get to our uh, Super Bowl predictions episode here in, in a couple of weeks uh, when we make our, our picks for all these divisions. And clearly, uh, neither one of us have any idea what we're going to do uh, in terms of picking uh, this particular division right here. So uh, we will see once we get there. But, uh, Dylan, that does bring us to making uh, wrapping this up with, with making our picks for our breakout player and division MVP. We're going to start with breakout player. Um, this was a tough one for me, but I mentioned it earlier, gave a little bit of a tease. If the Packers are going to be good, they got to have one of these wide receivers step up. And we already know Devontae Adams is going to be great, but I think Alan Lazard is the pick here. Um, he was, you know, he, I guess technically sort of had a breakout season, but mm-hmm. like, nah. I, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of in the <laughs> middle. Like there are probably some people who would classify and say, yeah, he kind of had a breakout type of year, but at the same time, like, it has to be more than just what he did last year. Like, he's got to be, like, that undoubtedly number two good enough to, you know, be someone that can take some of the pressure off of Devontae Adams if the Packers 
are going to be a team that can get back to being in contention for a Super Bowl. So this is almost one of those picks where it's like, I'm not confident that he's going to be the guy. I'm basically picking it saying he has to be the guy if they want to be a great team. So there you go. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I would argue, yeah, that he still hasn't broken out, maybe compared to expectations going into 2019. Uh, he he surpassed those. But, yeah, I wouldn't argue at, at this point – for a breakout player, uh, he still has a lot of room to grow and a lot of opportunity. And as you mentioned, yeah, there's if if the Green Bay offense is gonna, gonna you know be as good as it was last year and possibly t- try to take a step forward from finishing 11th as a pass offense, uh, Lazard's gonna have to be a big part about that. He might be capable, but yeah, we'll they have a lot of candidates, uh, <laughs> a lot of these guys, and uh, we've seen in the past that Rodgers made it work, but he does seem to have a connection with Lazard. And, yeah, excited to see what he's able to do this year. All right, so I went the direction of the Packers. Um, now we have to turn to you, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. know what direction you're going here, so uh, this is this is news to me. Yeah, I was between a couple guys, uh, newsflash, n- neither on the Bears. Um, <laughs> but one, one is on the Lions. I, yeah. I was briefly considering Jeff Okuda. If he, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, third, going to take any sort of step forward on in the secondary quickly. He's going to have to immediately become a number one corner. I do think he's possibly capable of that, of having one of the, you know, we've seen some of these corners year one, two, three, really quickly step into those roles and, and excel. So I, I think he has that opportunity, but it's tough unless he gets, you know, unless his, you know, zone rating and all these things are really up there, unless he is able to rack up interceptions, which we know is not always the best indicator of how good a corner is. Uh, there's a lot of other factors you can look at. I think it's, it's going to be hard to just fully make that argument. So I'll, I'll go with it. Maybe this is a little bit of a cop-out because it's another guy who has a, a big role in an offense. I believe in him based on what I saw in college. I'm talking about Justin Jefferson. Obviously, I mentioned earlier how I thought other teams should have probably gone up and drafted him before. Uh, Minnesota, I was able to. I think it worked out pretty perfectly. He fits exactly into the role there, like literally, like what Stefan Diggs played. All the all the things you can look at in terms of the routes he ran at LSU and what his skill set is. I think he fits perfectly into this offense. I think he's going to have a great chance to succeed. I don't. I, I as we've talked about before in this podcast, I don't expect him to put up Stefan Diggs numbers off the top, you know, right off the bat. But I do think he'll be have some of the better receiving snaps of any. Uh, of any uh, rookie uh, receiver this year's, and uh, yeah, just I mean, it's it is different than the Packers, but at the same time, if he doesn't if he doesn't excel, you talk about Lazard as a number two. If he doesn't excel as a number two to Thielen, uh, that you start to have a few questions about. I mean, we Tajay Sharp, um, Johnson, there, those, yeah. those guys played pretty well last year, but it's still not the overall depth that if we look at some of the best receiving corps in the NFL. You're not staring at it like wow, there's a ton of uh, bodies there. So Justin Jefferson has to have a pretty good season, I think, for Minnesota to maintain their excellence uh, passing the ball. There you go. A little bit different angle we're taking for our breakthrough players, breakout players in this division because um, we're like, you know what, guys, you, you got to be. like, We're not just <laughs> saying we, we think you're going to be. like, You got no choice uh, if your teams want to be you know, good enough to, to take that next step. And, of course, we wrap up here, which is usually the quickest, um, at least it has been for the most part. Uh, we haven't had much trouble picking our division MVPs thus far. Uh, that's just because some of these divisions, it feels like it's pretty obvious. And I think this is one where, you know, I mean, I'm not going to pick anybody other than Aaron Rodgers. I just think that, you know, if you're picking one player you think it's going to be the most valuable player in the division, it's easy to go with a future Hall of Fame quarterback, um, you know, who has done what he's done. So I would go with him. Uh, as we've said before, the probably better discussion is who would you pick second. 
I don't like I don't know. Like I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, if the Vikings just were I don't know. Like I don't even know if I would go I mean, we talk about the quarterbacks. Like you almost feel like you have to pick the quarterbacks. Like if mm-hmm. the Lions just all of a sudden emerged up there, won nine, ten games, I mean that's just best, best case scenario. You'd probably put Stafford in that conversation. Um, I, I would almost maybe look at Dalvin Cook if the Vikings are, are good enough because we talked yeah. about how good that defense is. They're going to run the ball a lot. So I'd probably go Dalvin Cook two, and, and I'm not even sure who I'd put at three. Yeah, it's uh, – man, it's tough. Yeah, Dalvin's a great pick, and I know I mentioned the, the Vikings offensive line not being the best, but run-blocking-wise, run zone run-blocking-wise, they're really efficient, one of the better – uh, lines actually, but yeah, the pass blocking is the issue, and that's why for me, Cousins is it's just tough to pick him. You kind of look, yeah, who at this point, who's gonna who do we think is gonna win the division, and from there, maybe the MVP would be determined. I don't that kind of eliminates the Bears again. Khalil Mack yeah, would have to go off and really lead this defense back to being like a top two, three unit when they won the division in 2018 to, to maybe make him a possibility as your second guy behind Rodgers. Um, same with the lion, like on the lion side, like they'd have to probably be a playoff team, maybe not a division winner, for you to have a chance to argue Stafford. I, I know we, we are high on him still. And if he's on the field, we we talked about him, we went over our top quarterback, so we still have quite a bit of belief in him. He has some really good weapons there, um, but yeah, it, it's it's tough to put anyone over Rodgers at this point. Um, I I guess I might put as my number two guy still Cousins just. Just because he has the best opportunities to yeah. succeed, right? Um, like I said, you know, I'm not, you know, his struggles aren't completely dictated by the struggles of that offensive line. It does play a role, but I do think he'd have to, if they win the division, then you're going to pick him. So it's it, while Rodgers is gonna, is my pick as well, and while it seems like the obvious one, I don't think I'm not as confident by the end of the year that that will play out the same way I am with some of the other divisions where I'm like, all right, even if this team takes a step back or this, like Mahomes is still the best player in this division. Lamar Jackson in this one, yeah. going back and forth between all these divisions, you feel pretty good about those ones. This one, I'm like, yes, we picked the best player, <laughs> but will it play out that way? It's because uh, in 2018, I would argue it was Khalil Mack when they, when they won the division, when the Bears went 12 and four and the Packers yeah. missed the playoffs. So it, it's not, it's not an easy pick here. No, not, not at all. And like I said, I think I would, I would go Rogers one. Dalvin Cook, too, and, and Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. would probably be three now that I think about it. Like, I feel like that's probably the best option there. Um, so we'll go with that. But uh, there you go. There's a look at uh, where we stand on the NFC North. And, boy, lots of lots of confidence in this episode. Um, <laughs> clearly, we are, boy, we are just all in good on, thing, you know. <laughs> good thing we have preseason games to, to help our. Uh, exactly. Like, I, I really would love to be watching the Lions play every AFC East team so I could all of a sudden get really hyped up about the Lions, watching them go 3-1 and one against the AFC East in the preseason, um, and then to realize that, you know, where the AFC East, the AFC East is in the pecking right. order. Um, I'm pretty you know. sure the Lions went 4-0 in the preseason of the year. They went 0-16, so that's it definitely true. tells us you, tells you yeah. a lot there. Uh, that's a good point. So, uh, I don't know. Everybody talks about maybe this. Uh, the bright side of all this is that we will not have as many preseason games moving forward. I don't think anybody would be upset about that. So, uh, there you go. There is a look at the NFC North. Uh, Dylan, we've got a lot of stuff going on over clutch points uh, here as uh, football starts to get closer and closer. 
Um, you know, not college football at this point, it looks like, but uh, NFL, that's uh, at least getting close. And, of course, everything going on right now uh, in the NBA, close to the playoffs there, NHLs in the playoffs, which I, you know, we, we don't necessarily cover, but I've loved watching these eight overtime NHL games. Oh, uh, baseball, like, my point is that we have sports going on all over the place, uh, and we have a lot of it uh, covered over at Clutch Points. Yeah, maybe some college football at this point. There's these conferences that are yeah. determined to play, others not so much. So it's it's kind of a it's really fluid situation at this point. But yeah, in, in the Clutch Points app, you can follow all the MLB and NBA games that are going on. The NBA playoffs about to start next week. MLB obviously with the sprint, every game means a lot more. So yeah, you can follow those in our app. NFL games as soon as the season is back, as soon as, I mean it does start on time, we will see it. It certainly seems a little more. Uh, uh, it's good, like it's going to happen compared to college football, as you mentioned. But you can follow those games in our app. All of our written content on, on the NFL and the other two sports are also in the app. You can follow along on ClutchPoints.com in the NFL section there. Search fantasy football for all of the fantasy content, which yep. wow, we're starting to pump out more. And really in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start every, uh, pretty much every day during the week pumping out a lot more uh, more valuable stuff as you start to formulate your ideas for your drafts coming up. And got to get our Clutch Points League organized. <laughs> I think we'll probably still have the the draft right before the start of the season as we have in the past. So plenty of time for us to read through that content ourselves and gauge who we're going to pick and hopefully make a run again. Yes, uh, we were two of the best uh, last season. I don't think there's any doubt we'll be two of the best again this season. Uh, But I'm sure you'll all be able to keep up with our results uh, on the Clutch Points League here on the podcast. So uh, to do that, check everything out at Clutch Points. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app you use. Uh, and thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you guys, always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. And, of course, uh, we've got to mention our, our friends at Bet Online Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than at our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with sports returning, Bet Online is set down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. You can see what they had to say on what it's like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. That's over at BetOnline, and visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.